and they can twiddle some bits in the database. Hello and welcome to episode number 189 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac where my mouth may be in shambles, but it actually feels okay today. And from America's left coast where I own nothing and I am grumpy, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, you should own something. I know my wife owns it all. Oh, well, that's why you're grumpy. And and that's why you that's why you make it sure that she doesn't leave. Yes, yes. Well, I I. So how about that mouth? Hey, I tell you, uh, was starting over the weekend and it was coming and going. So I was hoping it was just like sinuses or something like that. Because uh, like the rock and roll pre-show on Sunday was fine. The night before it was hurting. I'm like, oh, it cleared up. That's good. And then Monday it was kind of coming back, and then just at night again, it was okay during the day. So. Are you saying that Larry caused your tooth problems? Very possibly. Because I'm like, ah, toothache, don't want to do that. And I was thinking of calling the dentist. And then it started feeling yeah. better. So I didn't. So I waited until yesterday. And again, it was like Wednesday morning. I'm like, oh, or Tuesday morning. I'm like, eh, okay, it's it's still hurting enough. I'm like, I really should go get it checked out. The only issue being that, you know, dentists aren't cheap. I mean, you know that. I'm well aware. You've had I've a, had I've had more dental work and much of which is chronicled on this show than I think anybody should ever try to have. Yeah. So, you know, that there's that cost. And my wife, as we talked about, I believe last week, has just started a new job, which is a government job, which has really good insurance, including dental. But it kicks in on the first of next month. Right. So you're like, well, if I need to go to the dentist, maybe I could uh, maybe I and could you didn't stretch feel it. like waiting. I did, but when the pain kept coming back, it's one of those things that's weird with mouth pain. I mean, it's probably with any chronic pain. It doesn't take a long time of having the pain to kind of think like, well, this is never going away. Well, and and just to be clear, uh, any kind of of infection inside of a tooth is really serious because the body's natural a natural response to any kind of infection is inflammation. Right. Inflammation means swelling inside of a tooth. There's nowhere to swell. Thus pain. Yeah. Thus fun. But it wasn't bad. I mean, bad. I mean, I went in, they took the x-rays and the, uh, the assistant was like, Oh yeah, I see what's wrong. <laughs> That's never a good sign. When, uh, when right at the x-ray point, like, Oh, we need to go back further. Make sure we're seeing the whole, uh, the whole route of that tooth and then it was like okay your two choices are root canal or extraction and it's like yeah who wants you know to uh, yeah, both of those aren't actually fun by the way how no. they both happen yeah yeah extraction is not i mean people think well it's cheaper and then it's out of the way but you actually do yeah, use and then your you teeth. go the rest of your life with a missing tooth that's yeah. not not ideal no i mean unless that's like the furthest back molar then maybe you could kind of but still that's kind of a necessary for most people to chew well, the, the first is bath, my, that first, they, 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 right. The wisdom speak. teeth. Yeah. Wisdom. teeth. Thank you. 
<laughs> That's exactly what they call them. And uh, I think I still have one. I mean, and, I remember and once you have them extracted, you have no more wisdom and are ready to be an adult. Exactly. And for some reason, there was one of them. If I remember correctly, and I think I do, but they dope you up pretty good because you go under kind of uh, the general anesthetic when I remember having my wisdom teeth pulled sometime in college. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe one of them was so impacted in a way that they're like, yeah, we don't really want to try to pull that. So we'll see if it causes problems going further. I don't know exactly what the normal is, but when I went in to have my wisdom teeth got 25 years ago now, uh, they said, well, we're not, we, we don't use the kind of anesthetic that they use to, to put you completely under for surgery. Like the regular kind they use, uh, basically something that puts you into a deep sleep. And I wasn't clear on the difference, but the main difference to me was I didn't have to sign all of the forms that said you might not wake up, which is always the scary part about like any kind of surgery. They're like, Oh yeah, this is outpatient. We do a dozen a day, but you still have to sign this form that says you might not wake up and you have to determine who gets all your stuff. Yeah. The anesthetic is very dangerous for like, that is some scary shit when they're like, yeah, by the way, this is totally routine and normal and we do it all the time and and you might not wake up. Yeah. Fuh. But, <laughs> like, uh, I'll just stay up during it. That would be fine. But when I had when I had the wisdom teeth for uh, they didn't use that kind. They used I don't know what they used. It was like some kind of that like it didn't technically put me to sleep. It just made me not remember and not be able to move. Oh, which, it's like a date rape drug. Yeah, I was going to say that also is really scary. <laughs> yes. Like, but this is here's the thing i'm i'm deceptively heavy for my uh body shape uh not not gonna go too far into that they didn't use enough Ooh. and i woke up partly well i i also you know again 20 something years ago um i saw the x-rays of my wisdom teeth and uh three of the four were impacted and the other one was cracked so they all had to come out and one of them was so, you know, impacted basically means it's growing toward another tooth. And one of them was actually not vertical in my gum. It was literally, it was completely horizontal with the root pointed toward the back of my jaw Ooh. and the front pointed directly toward the root of the other one. So as soon as that tooth <laughs> was going to start moving forward, it was just going to chop the legs off the next tooth. And so they said, yeah, well, that's going to have to come out. And of course, you know, it, it, at the risk of of creeping out everybody listening to this tech and grump show, the way that they do it is they go in, they make an incision in the gum because this tooth is completely inside the gum. Nothing has come out. Right. They make an incision. They go in. They break the tooth with pliers. I think well, you got to break sonic, it with something. Well, they're, they're like, I don't know, sonic waves or something like something that. <laughs> Just like wave your hand, use a magic or something. I don't like, know. Don't but, you have a specific yeah. specialized dental de- advice, yeah. uh, device? So they to carve do this? a hole in your gum. <laughs> they stick pliers in to break the tooth into many, many pieces. And then they use forceps to remove the pieces. Well, I woke up during the breaking. Ooh. I couldn't feel anything because of the local anesthetic, but I could hear it. <laughs> it's a Very sound loud. You- Bone conductivity is a thing. <laughs> Is this a sound you still remember to today? Yes, that and and I know what what burning eyeballs smells like. Yeah, that's no fun either. <laughs> that is no fun either. Uh, but that's almost as bad as uh, Sir Gene 
telling his story of how he's pretty much uh, impervious to Novocaine. So as a kid, when you go get fillings and stuff, like, oh, no, this shouldn't hurt a bit. And he's like, uh, yeah, Uh (laughs) it does. (laughs) You ever wonder if Sir Gene is actually human? Yeah, I think he's like 99% reptile, which explains why he lives with the snakes. They're just his overlords, I think. Yeah, siblings, we don't know. Right. He's just here to uh, take part in that. So, I mean, it was a nice, quick decision once I decided yesterday at like 11 a.m., like, okay, I, I really should go in and see a dentist. And I don't know exactly in the world today how quickly these things normally happen, but I call up and, I, well, first I did my research over the last couple of days because my other dentist, which I really liked, unfortunately died, which uh, was right before that COVID. definitely puts a crimp into his future practicing plans. Yes. Oh, he was a great dentist. was a friend of a friend. He was a music addict, just like me. He had a turntable set up in the office so it was always like, oh what do you want to hear while we're doing your teeth cleanings or whatever and then he would throw on some good music uh found out he had lung cancer and then was dead within a couple of weeks i mean it was very quick but it's like since then it's like well covid hit so the normal you know six month cleanings weren't quite going on and then we didn't actually have a dentist so inertia kind of took place and that's why uh there was I, enough time for this to develop. I, I want to say uh, my dentist, one of the things that I love about my dentist and I will continue going back to her as long as I live in this town is uh, even during the height of the COVID COVID panic. Um, I went in there and they did the, the forehead scan for the temperature and everything. And everybody inside the building was wearing face diapers. They never said a word about the fact that I walked in without a face diaper and didn't do anything. Now, this is a dentist. Right. You have to you have to have your face uncovered to work at some point, But even yeah. in the lobby, like nobody said anything. At, at, you know what? That 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 is the kind of thing that you can't get from a lot of places. And, and that that's somebody who understands that keeping customers is more important than some stupid regulation right because then it's well again with the dentist at some point they're gonna be like open wide and breathe yeah yeah (laughs) you you don't you don't get a root canal through the mask yeah if they can figure that one out some would probably try to do it but you know believe it or not i'm sure that there were people in the last three years who've done they never mind maybe it could be robotic but that was like 11 a.m yesterday so i called up and they're like um 115 like today like okay and uh Really, all they did was do the x-rays, looked at it, and be like, yeah, you need the root canal, but it is infected. So they mixed up, and it seemed like it had been a while since the assistant had to uh, to do this stuff. But they mixed this stuff up for the temporary filling that immediately brought me back to going to the dentist as a child. It's that unmistakable dentist smell. And now I know what it's <laughs> from. You know, so I, I'm like, okay, well, that makes absolute sense. And they're like, okay, well, there's a little medication in here. We'll give you some penicillin. That'll knock it out. So it really shouldn't hurt. But then let's schedule the the root canal. So that was not a bad day. The, now, the next day may be bad. I don't it know. It could have been worse. But, yeah. but that's not how I like to spend my days. No. No, it would have been a lot more fun not doing that. But uh, it seemed like it was a happy-go-lucky practice. It is a young female dentist, which I'm like, I don't care. Whoever is going to that I'm thinking about it, it's like, well, you know, a young female is probably going to be a little gentler than the the old guy with the drill that's been doing it for 40 years. You know, (laughs) 
it's worth maybe there's maybe there's something to be said for this new ultra sensitive uh you know woke world like oh i don't want to hurt you yeah yeah then you find out you've got a dominatrix right (laughs) and then you're like help help me please but it was uh i mean the main reason was looking at reviews because how else do you do this unless you have a personal recommendation which we did the last time you know it was a friend of a friend again but now you look at reviews and at first i looked at yelp which i don't even know why but it's like there's no there is no dental version of yelp online to go to and see all of these ratings and there was the on yelp there was like maybe five to ten to fifteen ratings in any given dentist which is nothing i feel like everything would be one star yeah you would like you're like these people are pain horrible pain Cause there's there's two types of people who go to the dentist. There's the people who don't mind the dentist and therefore they go regularly and therefore their teeth are good. And then there's the people who hate the dentist and don't go often enough because they hate going. And then their teeth decay and right. every experience of the dentist is bad. Right. That is the negative part of letting it go too long. But it's like, OK, you try to read between the lines. And there was one that had all five star reviews, which bothers me because I always go back to the the hotel in Ireland that we left a bad review and then hounded us and trying to get the review taken down. So all five star kind of worries me, but the place that I chose was twofold. One, it was a very close to five stars all the way across. And it is in the insurance that will be kicking in at the beginning of next month, which just kind of made more sense. And it was less than a mile from home. So it's like, that's yeah. always a plus. Uh huh. Because no matter how bad the dental work is, yeah. you could probably make it home. Because if gas prices get high enough, you can just walk there. <laughs> yes, that might not be a bad way to go with it. So, I mean, we'll report back on the root canal. But I did find that I was like, wow, this this place has a lot more reviews than most. And this morning I figured out why. I mean, this isn't rocket science or anything. But I got an email with them like, hey, no, would you dental please, surgery? Right. Would you please review, you know, your visit? And it gave you the link to go to. And I didn't do it, but it looks like, you know, use Google. So I'm assuming this is where because Google is where there's a ton of reviews on the dentist. And I'm, I thought about it for a minute. And I, my, first I'm like, well, well, does that seem a little scammy? And then I figured, well, no, because if you're sending this to every patient, you're standing behind what you've done because you don't know if they're going to rate you a one star or a five star. So if you have enough balls to be like, here's a link to Google to give us a ranking, you probably feel like you're doing a pretty good job overall. But it explained why they, there were so many. I, I'll hold my tongue about the, the Google part of that. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. this is it. It's like, where else? I mean, there's so many of these things that are so fractured with, for like home improvements, there's, you know, Angie's list, which is now Angie, which is that's the weirdest I thing post, I've ever seen. Post all my reviews to Mastodon. Well, see, there you go. That's not a centralized thing that most people can find because it's much harder no, to look if up. If people could find it, then they'd, they'd come back at me like your people in Ireland. No. Right. I want all my reviews to <laughs> right. be secret. Right. That was, and I thought that was a great story, too. I told that on uh, the Ireland episode of Random Thoughts, which you should check it out. I mean, the place went as far as to track down the people we were traveling with and hassle them because I left a bad review and it wasn't even that bad. But the I thought that was interesting, the whole dental review us thing. It's like if you're if you have the balls to say that, hey, go review us, then you must mean or must think 
anyway that you're doing a pretty good job. But we will report back next month. We'll see how the the root canal goes. Well, I was all set to go ahead and do this show without you. Well, that which, would be which, fun. of course, which, of course, is a pain in the ass because I don't have the, the audio routing equipment that you have. I have when when Motu cheaped out on their next version, it's got just the <laughs> loop back mix and that's the only audio routing it's got. So, um, and, you know, I, I, I've done it before and I could. And it's one of the reasons why I don't do uh, jingles and, and clips on when I do shows is because audio routing is a pain in the ass. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should just, I mean, it should be built into the frigging operating system. But anyway, Hey, somebody should get uh, a Linux distro with all that built in, but I'm not kidding you. When I mentioned that you might not be able to do the show, everybody cheered. I had, well, I had two volunteers wow. saying, well, I'll do it with you. Um, Bemlet immediately said, well, what time is the show? I might go on. So he doesn't listen, obviously, if he was asking what time the show was. So you're like, no, immediately you're out. He also has a day job and we kind of do it right in the middle of the day. You know, people have mentioned that. What is his day job? People keep talking about. I don't know, but uh, I've I've heard rumors that that's where money comes from, like real money, not this piddly podcast donation money. You mean today? Zero. So, I mean, this is (laughs) (laughs) okay. We're done. We're taking piddly one step too far, people. (laughs) <laughs> then who was number two? Who was number two? My wife. Oh, wait. See, now you could have had both on and then. Well, no, wait, then it would have turned I, I into about, why Ryan sucks. Well, and she was like going so far as going, OK, well, I need you to set up my computer so that we can get, you know, and is this microphone good enough? I'm like, we did 120 Grumpy Old Fans <laughs> episodes on that microphone. I think we're OK. I think it'll be fine. But, um, I will briefly mention that my wife had uh, one story that uh, she would definitely rant about better than I would, but I, I want to mention it. And that is uh, it has to do with Fitbit. And I'm going to recall this from memory. I don't have any sources. Well, Fitbit's a Google product now, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. And um, they are a product that uh, really enjoys the uh, one of my favorite aspects of computing, which is the automatic update. And uh, this is the second time since she's owned her current Fitbit that an automated update has bricked her Fitbit. Ooh. And the first time uh, they something happened that completely garbled the screen and she got on the forums and lots of people were complaining about it. And she calls up the rep and says, hey, what do I do about this? And they tried pushing another update and it didn't work. And. Uh, apparently all of the functions were working. It was still counting steps. It was still even connecting by Bluetooth to her phone. And, uh, but it just wasn't displaying anything. So the company sent her a new one that was about three or four years ago. And now apparently they've done it again, but this time the device won't even boot. Uh, it's again, common on the Fitbit forums that, uh, a lot of people are talking about how their Fitbits took an update. And as soon as the update was done, it wouldn't boot. It wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't sync. It wouldn't take a charge. And so the company is sending her another one. Well, I mean, that part, I guess, is nice. Yeah. They're, okay. So points for customer service, <laughs> right. but maybe they could pr- possibly test their shit before shipping it out by automatic updates. Well, yeah, there's one thing I can say, which is why Apple has very little of this because they pretty much are a hardware company. So they know there's only a very small amount of SKUs. There's only a 
a limited amount of configurations that their operating system is going to be put onto, at least by them. And if other people put it on other shit, then they break it. Then, yeah, then you're on your own. That's fine. You know, That's- Windows, we give them a little leeway because it's like every idiot in the world can build a system with different hardware and there will be issues. Oh, yeah. But Windows started out like nowadays they're actually trying to limit stuff by doing things like, oh, your computer doesn't run Windows 11. I'm like, good. <laughs> but mine too. Uh, the old one. They're, they're actually trying. I mean, a lot of that. And during Windows 10, they've been trying to limit the number of things that they can support because and and I trust me, I know I was a tester on the Windows project for a long time. Uh, testing every configuration is literally impossible. Right. You try to get as many as you can. But in the case of a Fitbit, your hardware is very limited. How do you yeah, not in, know? In the case of a Fitbit, you've got like four models active at any given time. <laughs> you know, and usually with this stuff, if they're trying to get you to get rid of an old one, then they'll just brick it intentionally and be like, nope, warranty's over. So it's interesting um, that they've given new ones out. But uh, yeah, it, it sounds like that's exactly what they're doing. They're like, well, we're done with that one, but you get the next model. Is Fitbit a uh, subscription service you pay monthly for? Or is this a buy once and you just get to use it with the one I purchase? Don't know for sure. Because uh, if it's a subscription service, then I understand why they're like, yes, we'll just keep sending you new hardware as long as you keep. Oh, that paying. would make sense. And and I don't know if some of the more advanced. I did wear a Fitbit a really long time ago when the only thing it did was count your steps and then laughing. But but about the time that it started, also. Uh, you know, it, it, they added features because these are features that people who work out with electronic devices attached to their wrist would want. And they, uh, I think the thing that made me done was when they added a GPS tra- uh, locator in there and started tracking your path because the way that you access any data from Fitbit, it's not stored locally. It's not stored on your computer. Uh, the only way to access it is you connect and you sync the Fitbit and it sends every bit of data up to the cloud. And then you can use their beautiful website to learn about you. And the first time that I tried the new Fitbit and the website now showed me an exact path of where I went jogging, like, well, I'm done. Yeah, that's a little concerning. I I don't need this data being automatically uploaded into the cloud. No, that was uh, one of the bits of data. I remember that the military kind of got screwed on a private base because all of a sudden there was this you could tell by who was running where. Yeah, that turned into a pretty big controversy about anywhere, anyone who was going on their morning run in secret places. Well, that was about the time I was done with a Fitbit, but apparently now they have full, uh, they've got the GPS, they've got full Bluetooth integration. Um, you can uh, connect Bluetooth earbuds to play audio. I, I don't remember if it's play audio to or play audio from, but they've got an audio thing. They've got, uh, you know, my, my wife, whenever she gets a text message on her phone, she doesn't grab her phone. She looks at her wrist. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of very cool features that just the privacy implications scare the hell out of me. So I don't use it. However, back when I had a Fitbit that just counted my steps, it was you purchase the device and then you sign up for a free account. And there was no further monetary transactions. It was just all use of the device from start to finish has to be through their website and their database. Which would make sense. Oh, as they add all this new stuff. Well, Hey, you, yeah. you certainly want your runs to be tracked, right? And you can see your performance over time. 
I mean, yes, yes, I do. And I want all of that data to be stored locally on my own system and not be sent to the cloud because the cloud has no business knowing where I went on my run. But there's so little memory on your device. It's way easier if we just send it to the cloud. There's lots of memory on my computer and I have to connect it to the computer to sync it. Well, actually, you don't now. Now they 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 sell you a portable syncing thing. But the main syncing is a USB stick you plug into your computer. You install their software, which is just a syncing software to run the USB stick, sync to the Fitbit and send all the data to the cloud. That's that's the only interaction the computer has. But my computer has lots of memory. And I bet that a software package could be put on my computer that doesn't communicate with the cloud. But that's not how we do things in in modern Silicon Valley anymore. All data must be sent to the cloud where it can be fed into an AI and turned into advertising. That's the privacy policy. Give us your data. Yeah. And so it, it doesn't make sense for anybody to provide ways of, of doing open source on your own system, does it? They can shake it up and spit it out. But maybe there's a uh, if there's enough people using those devices, there would be a uh, there would be something on GitHub. There'd be a bunch of hackers who got together and figured out a way to run their own server well my 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 big open source story is is maybe github isn't as awesome as you think it is which is probably true but i mean before we leave the privacy thing that's the reason i'm waiting for fedex today is the wife's new job it's a government job and the the app that they want for the work on the phone it's like maybe it's time to get a second phone to phone yeah to have a work phone and a personal phone and it's like, here's the beauty of it. The Xfinity plan, the mobile plan that we're on, since it's everybody Wait. using one gig or less in a month. What What is the government proposing to do to your phone? That that sounds butt puckering. The app that they need a uh, it is an authenticator app for one. So I get that. It's okay. kind of like the Google Authenticator would be. I mean, I've used that with stuff like as uh, long Coinbase. as it uses the open the same open protocol, then that's fine. I I know of plenty of authenticators on Fdroid. You know, there was an Authenticator app as well as then when you go for your email, it was like, oh well, we have the right to do this, 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 and this, 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 nope. and have access to this, this, and this, and that's where it was like, no, thank you. Well, then you're giving me a phone, aren't you, bitches? Well, see, you could have asked for that, except I went online which is where xfinity again this is not a show that is sponsored by xfinity but maybe it should be i went in and it's like oh let's see what can we get what phone is cheap and it's like hey do you want to google pixel 6a which is like when we were watching the nascar race the other day every third commercial was for this new google phone and it's like well you can have this for free you just pay the tax on the 450 bucks or whatever and then you put graphene on it and then hand it to the government. Be like, go ahead and put your trackers here. <laughs> You're like, figure this one out if you dare. So I'm like, okay, free phone. Can't beat that. And then I remembered the last time I got a promo rate for my Xfinity internet. There was something like, well, if you add another mobile line, and I remember asking, I'm like, well, we have like six now. So you're saying if we had a seventh, we would get a discount. And they're like, yeah, but I never did because we didn't really need a phone. And it seemed kind of dumb. But now that we needed a phone, I called up and well, I went to their people on Twitter who were like, well, no, you have to talk to the mobile people. I'm like, "Okay, that's fine. So I called up the mobile uh, uh, department and I'm like, hey, is there still a Internet discount? If I get another mobile line added onto my account, they took all the information, 
and they're like, oh, yeah, we can get it'll be thirty dollars off a month for two years. So I'm like, okay, you're bringing my Internet bill down from, you know, like a hundred bucks to 70 bucks and you're giving me a free phone. I was going to say $30 off a month sounds really good unless, you know, depending on what your bill actually is. Yes. Well, I mean, it was starting at about a uh, hundred, which was not bad because we already had that down. We have the gigabit plus, you know, so it's gig well, 1.2 yeah. gig down and whatever up well, now. At least Xfinity. Uh, I know that uh, your phone bill tends to get if, if you also have, say, Internet and cable with them, your phone bill tends to get wrapped in. And I. I know from people who would know that there are people out there who literally have $400 a month cable bills. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. Cause they've got all the services. You got all of them. We don't have TV. That's the one thing they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you $15 a month off of that. Like, yeah. uh, okay. So you're pissing in a bucket here. Uh huh. And I was like, I was pretty happy with the internet price we had, but then you're like, I'll take 30 off. I'm like, okay. That's yeah, and a free phone just to add another line that I'm never going to pay anything extra for except the tax on the phone because we well, don't use data. It's hard to complain about that. No, so that I'll I mean, give them I'd a thumbs a up on. It's the one thing where Xfinity really seems to work is the if you don't use data because well, I don't, my parents don't, the wife doesn't. And you, you know why? Everybody has a hotspot now. The, the, you know why Xfinity is is competitive and and has a compelling service in phones? Because they're uh, off the backbone of T-Mobile or somebody here. Because well, uh, I thought it was I thought was it, it Verizon? Verizon, but I, maybe, I, it may yeah. be Verizon. But no, the reason why they have good service and are competitive in the phone market is because they're not dominant. True, they still have to compete. And they want to keep adding numbers. Obviously, this is how far they will go. It's like we had six phones and we already had multiple lines because that was the, oh, do you want a free iPhone? And I'm like, well, sure. Maybe I want to try an Apple watch at some point. Give me a free iPhone. This is a huge argument in favor of of healthy competition and against monopolies because the exact same company, when they offer you your Internet monopoly or they offer you your television, even bigger monopoly. Right. Like there, there are a lot of people out there. There's no way to get Internet or TV outside of signing up with this one company. And where is their incentive to give you decent customer service? Where the phones where there's no monopoly. Well, it's interesting. I'm just, I'm just saying maybe we could uh, stop having federal agencies create all these monopolies. And if, if there were competition in these services, maybe companies would actually try to make their users happy. It's like Comcast definitely around here. And it seems to be the Internet monopolies, whether it's Comcast or whoever is the main provider. In most areas in the United States, there does not seem to be a lot of areas where there is an overlap of providers. If you can get Xfinity, that's it. If you can get Charter, that's it. If you can get AT&T, you know, if, if that actually works in your area, that's it. Yeah. It's rare and, to and have I the applaud, overlap. I applaud Elon for trying to break that by bringing in, you know, Starlink is for everyone unless you have a tall tree or you're too far north or, you know, lots of exceptions. You got to watch out for those trees. But apparently uh, Adam recently tried to get Starlink so he could have his, his second ISP just in case the first one fails. Yeah. Adam Curry's backup plan. Yeah. And uh, 
He was talking about too much latency or what? Well, yeah, because you're bouncing off a satellite. So it's not exactly the low latency you would want to do. It's great for broadcasting. If you were if you had a couple people in a studio and you were broadcasting, that would be fine. But if you're trying to have a conversation between you and the person on the other end, I mean, right now we're at 70, 68 millisecond round trip between you and me. So it's very quick. Which is pretty good. Yes. And it's important to have that low latency for when I want to interrupt you because I have to be able to interrupt mid sentence and not like wait until you get to the end. Right. Because it otherwise it sounds like a polite show and people would just yeah, leave in droves. That. Yeah. But, like, why are these people being so nice to each other? I mean, and I think I'm trying to remember uh, when when Adam tried Starlink, the, the reason latency stuck in my head was he said it was about one and a half seconds round trip to Dvorak. Which yeah, a long is, time. If you are really, really practiced at at remote interviewing and stuff like that, which both of them are, you could do it. But I would find that impossible. You can tell this the same kind of a thing. And it happens less now, but I think because on rare encounter. Uh Yeah. Well, you see this now in uh, rarely, but it still happens. I think because everybody's using uh, the Internet now, but it used to be with satellite interviews on television like on you know cnn they would ask the question and then the person on the other end would just kind of sit there with the blank look for like a second and a half or two and then start answering it's because that was the latency you were seeing that was and and the the productions that were uh that were really with it what they'd have is a producer in studio at the far end who would ask the question a few seconds before the host did and then cue when when it was ready time to answer so that the they wouldn't have that latency it appeared to be synced up yeah now everybody's doing this from their basement so we don't have that oh the technology exists i know we so, just don't have it <laughs> we'll see how much fun it is to screw around with this new phone but this for people that don't know i mentioned this the last time around when we did this but with xfinity and other carriers most of the time the promotions that are hey you can get this phone free have one big caveat and that caveat is you have to port a line in from another carrier and a lot of people don't realize a google voice number is a number from another carrier (laughs) yes and it's this this is the one thing google does well too i mean fuck google google sucks and all that but because they're not dominant yeah well she the wife needed the phone number so i went in we had a Google address. We took a Gmail address, went into Google Voice, got a Google Voice phone number, which is free. And then you go in and go, hey, I want to port this number out. They charge you $3 and it's done. That's hacking the system. Yes, but that's one way because everybody feels like, well, no, I don't have a phone on another carrier to bring in. But no, just go get a Google Voice <laughs> number or any number you can get for free and port out. Google Voice is the easiest one that I know of. And uh, that is that counts at the most uh, cellular companies will take that as a different number. I I had the same situation many, many years back and ended up going out, I think, to a local T-Mobile or Verizon store to do the same thing. And boy, was that a lot more pain and effort. I know it's great to be able to do this stuff from home, especially like the mandatory. Okay, you need to you can't port this out for three weeks. Right. Hey, so I'll see you in three weeks. It's a lot quicker now with this stuff and it usually just works at least for me i mean we'll see how this one goes but uh 
it is a good hack if you want a free phone and if you're on a plan where you're you're just paying by the gig anyway because if you're doing hey every phone's unlimited then they charge you per phone but as i said nobody in our family and i put my parents on this as well nobody uses data mobile data anyway and because of that it's dirt cheap i mean if you need mobile data your mileage may vary but it's great because i guess even now where the wife works there's an xfinity hotspot so there's no mobile data being used when she sits at work there's none you know none here at home this this kind of tip how to get a free phone the kind of thing that you do not get on any random podcast that's true most podcasts out there all you get is somebody reading off of a Wikipedia page of some crime that happened. Right. Or trying to uh, trying to get you to send them a free phone. Well, I was just going to say, isn't a tip like this worth some kind of value to you? It would seem like we're putting value out into the universe. I feel like value. I feel like value is flowing from me through the microphone right now. Yeah. So if you're one of these people that's going out right now and going, hey, wait, I want a free phone from Xfinity. Yeah, remember remember where you heard that from. Remember value. It it has oh, to flow yeah. both ways. Otherwise, it builds up like an infected tooth and bam. Yeah. Not and, good. And if you if you builds up too much pressure, you end up with a value explosion and you don't want to <laughs> you want that everywhere. Yeah, you know, no, that would be messy. Value. You do not want to value. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the servo talked about a contract. You do have to keep the phone on Xfinity for two years. Otherwise, then they will charge you for the phone. But I'm like six months away from the last two free phones. So then I could just take those and sell these iPhones because they're hardly ever used. They're only two years old. You can get a few hundred bucks for them still. So can we go back briefly to the part where you had to go through all of this because the government wanted to make your phone their phone? right well the wife's phone and i'm like no don't do that but but how are i I just don't understand maybe maybe i've been out of the job market for a little bit too long but how are is any employer getting away with saying uh you need to completely compromise the privacy on your device and we're not even going to provide you one like when i was in the corporate world it was we need you to have a phone with this stuff on it and it's not reasonable for you to have to compromise your own phone. So we'll just give you one, which right. is or what happened. Or we're worried about all the other crap you've got on your phone. Yeah. So that's another, that's an, <laughs> yes. If I was in still in corporate it, well, I was never in it, but if I was in corporate it, I'd be looking at this going, yeah, I want one that I'm the only one who can install software because no users can't be trusted. Well, because there's so much malware out there now, it doesn't matter whether you are in the Google Play Store or the Apple Play Store or the Samsung Play Store. They're all been overrun with apps that have then later found out to be like, oh, wait, we didn't we didn't catch this the first time. Yeah, especially the ones published by Google and Microsoft. Right. They want all your data. They want to do all the tracking. So it's oh. nice to be able to separate those things oh, out. Don't even get me started on the Facebook apps. Oh, go ahead. What's going on with Facebook? Oh, nothing. Actually, I, well, nothing on my phone because uh, <laughs> when I got this phone in 2017, it came with Facebook installed and Samsung had put their beautiful little lock on there that made Facebook one of the quote built-in apps that oh, you, couldn't you couldn't uninstall. Nice. And I loaded up the Android dev tools and said, yes, I can. 
I guess that's the interesting thing about the uh, this new Google Pixel. I wonder if that is uh, if that is one with a thriving community around it yet with uh, to be able to de-Google the whole phone. Not that it really matters. I'm sure there are probably some services you can't just uninstall, like they're not going to let you uninstall Google Play. But I don't given that Google's business is not selling you a phone. Their business, of course, is selling you ads. I don't think they're going to lock you into things like Facebook and, you know, whatever, whatever partner apps decided to, you know, the the Samsung uh, among the non uninstallable apps, there was like some calendar thing that uh, the first time you tried to launch the app, it said, you need to create an account with this third party service that isn't even Samsung. Right. You're like, no, I don't. (laughs) No, I don't. No, I do not. I'm not going to do that. And of course, you know, when when the Samsung builds the phone, they say, yeah, these are system apps. You can't uninstall them I'm like what that is probably one of the most user hostile things. The fact that the Facebook SDK comes with the phone and they don't let you uninstall it is it, I mean, obviously money changed hands, but that is next level bullshit. Well, and most I so. think desktops have gotten away from this now or maybe just nobody's buying desktops. But that used to be when you that that I think is the main part, right? Because when you used to fire up any machine, depend didn't really matter who you were buying from. That was the first thing you had to do was decrapify the machine from all of the antivirus and social media and all the other crap that that was pre-installed on the machine. Did did you ever did you ever have to work on a machine? I actually there was one machine that came out of the box from a, a third party system builder with two antivirus suites on it. <laughs> That's not good. There's no way that can work. No, you want to know why you're magically getting blue screens of death? <laughs> two antivirus will do that. You have to be very careful when yeah, when especially when there's one pre-installed. I know we've given this tip before, but if you had a machine that had antivirus pre-installed or if you had an antivirus that you've been using that you want to switch to something else, the way you want to uninstall that is not the way you want to install everything else. Almost every virus, antivirus company Same with thing. their salt, they will provide you with a program that will wipe yeah. your system of all of their garbage. Well, again, as as one of the people who had to test configurations of Windows that were non-standard, I can assure you that at least back in the days of Windows 7, um, there was no such thing as uninstalling a an antivirus software. You package. just reinstalled the whole that, operating that, system. Well, and, and that was the way that you had to do. It. In fact, that was corporate policy, but it was also my policy is any time that you get a new computer. And of course, we got new computers at work all the time. But anytime you get a new computer, the very first order of business is wipe out whatever OEM crapware piece of garbage install is there and put a fresh install of Windows. And the best part about it was that um, that was true even if it was a Mac. You wipe out all of the OEM crapware that came pre-installed and put a fresh install of Windows, it works better. Well, yeah, in the good old days, you would be able to have a brand new image of a brand new machine that you could just press a button and it would all bring it back to where you wanted it to. But a lot of people uh, didn't do that even back then where you could set up the system with exactly what you wanted and then make a system image. Yes. If you had the, o- uh, the OEM tools, you could build a system image. That was 
And and trying to bring that to customers was the entire reason for the the feature that was introduced in Windows 8, but nobody used it. So most people first saw it in Windows 10, which was like reset your PC or something like that. Right. And then you click on it and it pops up a hideous warning dialogue that says this will erase everything you've ever done to the PC, which was scary enough that nobody ever used the feature. Right. It's like this is this will delete everything. Yeah. Like I didn't I don't want to delete everything. I want to like, save it all. Don't you yeah. understand? This is going to remove everything but the operating system. But the operating system is the problem. I want to keep my data. Uh-huh. No, no, that's for your convenience. They will get rid of all of that. Actually, the feature was kind of awesome. It basically did an upgrade. I, I, I like went through the upgrade mechanism for Windows to the same version. What it would do was do a full system upgrade to install a new system. And the upgrade part is... It pulls all your data, puts them off into a, a safe directory, and then reapplies it back later, which is when you move from one Windows version to another, that is the experience is, is oh, the underlying operating system has changed and all my data and files are in the same place in my settings. And when things work, you just notice that some features have changed, but they've completely swapped out all the system files, swapped it. And that was what this system reset was supposed to be. It didn't always work that way. Well, and of course, you know, anybody who's been through the roller coaster of Windows 10 knows that the system update process is not always seamless. No, I've had pretty good luck, although I, I've still just kept hitting no thank you every time this system's like, hey, you know, Windows 11 is waiting for you. And I was like, no, let it wait a little longer. <laughs> I don't have any yes. problem with Windows 10. It's like I you have to give me a reason that I want to upgrade. Well, that is the reason. They've got an annoying dialogue and well, the dialogue doesn't go away unless you upgrade. And it gets more annoying every time, so ergo you I, should do it. I actually had to download a third-party hack, which of course I read the source code first, um in order to make Windows 8 stop telling me that my CPU is not supported on Windows 8 and I have to install Windows 10. <laughs> so you're running Windows 8 and getting a warning I, that says this will not run on Windows 8. Yes. Yes, actually, that text pops up every time I boot. The singularity is near. And then it boots. <laughs> and you're like, well, hey, how does that happen? Uh, don't ask. Don't ask. Don't tell when it comes to Microsoft. You don't yes. want to know. But you brought up Facebook and there was a story I pulled up and I was going to cover it on random thoughts earlier today. And then I'm like, this is just too disgusting of a story, but I thought it was more tech so we can gloss over the fact that this is a parent and child who illegally performed an abortion at home, but were caught because the local authorities doing the investigation requested what are they like doing a, a home covid vaccination or something they bought the morning after pill i guess and oh. when the the i mean i guess she was like I mean, 28 that's, that's weeks legal. in not when you're 28 weeks in and uh oh you know so this well, was, also doesn't work very well when you're 28 weeks in i mean i guess it worked well enough because okay. uh, they had a stillborn baby and then Ooh, they yeah, okay. they burned it and buried it and you know all sorts of oh, we're going over and above then never mind yeah yeah we're getting a little bit crazy but they were partially nabbed on this 
because they got a court order. The investigators, whoever's doing this investigation, whichever authority this was with Meta. This must have been in a red state. Well, Nebraska. So, yeah. Okay. And Meta provided. And I was reading through the messages online, which are just absolutely disgusting anyway, between the mother and the daughter. But they had a whole conversation about this in Facebook Messenger. It's like, are you fucking daft? <laughs> like, do you, who, who thinks this is private communication? The kind of people who still trust Facebook? Yeah, well, the kind of people that, uh, you know, do this kind of stuff, I guess. That it's just like, I one, the people are disgusting. But two, the idiocy of people knowingly breaking the law because they knew what they were doing was illegal. It's a felony in their state. They knew this yeah. was illegal. Well, you, you get a medal for it in California. Right. They should have just gone to California. But in this case, it's like, how do you think talking about this on Facebook is private? It's like we've talked at length on this show and there's not a lot of great selections. Everything has their issues. I mean, I've been using talks with the wife, which again, while she's at work at the at the government job. Well, that's still something they can't access. It's encrypted. We, we talk on this show all the time, and I have no illusions that it's private. Right. You know, people are going to hear this. But we know that <laughs> if you're using Facebook, if you're using Instagram, if you're messaging over Twitter, if you're even using No Agenda Social, I hate to tell you, Ariner has access to that. And I don't know exactly where he lives. I believe it's in the United States. Maryland. If the feds show up and say, we want these records, if they're there, he's going to be compelled to do so, most likely. And you have to realize that none of your online communications, you're texting back and forth, not private and out of the realm of being subpoenaed by law enforcement. I have to believe that Ariner is one of those people who has the like the one switch on the wall that when right. he clicks it, it sets off the napalm and thermite inside right. of all of the servers. It's like, oh, the server just crashed. I'm sorry. Oh, is that why it's always when it was no agenda social was down a lot? Was that the reasoning? Like, uh, yeah, oh, shit. every every time there was a pizza delivery guy at the door, he's like, oh, shit, FBI raids nukes the servers. <laughs> OK, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, that's why he, he, we, I kept trying to be like, dude, a lot of people want to send you some money. And he was like, nope, there's a reason he, <laughs> he doesn't want that uh, trail, I suppose. Uh, but you have to realize no matter what you're communicating on, unless you own it, unless you know that the program is secure, always assume that it's not. And in this case, I mean, I, I, even if you do know the program is secure, it, it doesn't hurt to assume it's not. Yes. You know, maybe do the uh, communicating about illegal stuff in person with your phone, not yeah. in the room with you. Yeah. And in in the woods away from yes. anything electronic, wear a wear a nice big tinfoil hat and sweep for drones, pop into a Faraday cage. Yeah, that's about the only safe way, because everything else they is listening to. There's no question about it. And I mean, I didn't. I mean, I don't have a, an issue with this because I'm not under any illusions that sending a Facebook message to somebody else is private and secure. Well, I feel like you pretty much you're railing against the the root problem with almost everything going on in our society today, 
which is that the general public through either inertia or uh, or uh, a poor judgment or what are trusting the wrong people. Yes. There are a lot of people out there who are like, well, Facebook wouldn't do me wrong. They just want to give me ads right? and therefore trust Facebook. Um, there are a lot of people out there who trust the government. There are a lot of people out there who trust people who should not be trusted. And it is uh, in, you know, in voting, in, in social media, it, it, it is the root of a lot of problems going on is the, that more than 51% of the country trusts bad people. Yes. Who either are totally incompetent at keeping your data safe or intentionally trying to screw you. Yeah. And it's, it, it's one or more of those. Which is, uh, again, they might be incompetently intentionally trying to screw you. True. If you're that, if you're that dumb, though, if you're not doing anything to protect your communication, then you kind of deserve to get caught. That would be where I would come for this. I mean, the interesting thing is still depending on what you're using for this, but I'm assuming there are a wide variety of other messengers you could have used that were much more private and secure than Facebook, but bad choices will lead to. Yeah. Bad well, things. I, also, I, I mean, if you are the kind of person who, first of all, who lets the kid go 28 weeks before you decide, oh, you don't want it, then right. you've, you're already a massive procrastinator and not great at, at planning ahead or, or making wise choices right there. I mean, the kid shows way before 28 weeks. Uh-huh. You, you've got a pretty good idea that there's a kid and, I mean, if you're really certain that you don't want it, I, the signs were there. I'm were just you, saying. Yeah, most people are going to be asking questions like, "Hey, didn't you? Weren't you pregnant and like then, a day ago?" I mean, there are lots of ways. I just yeah, what? Okay, what's near Nebraska? Is is Illinois near Nebraska? <laughs> Do they border? No. Um, are there? Uh, I'm trying to think. What Colorado? Colorado is Probably, is yeah. kind of kind of a blue state. Uh, just drive to the next state over. Um, Utah is trying to move that way. Surprisingly, the Mormons do not have the stranglehold on that state that they used to, but there's going to be a state. I mean, if you want drive all the way to Oregon, where the kid, as John C. Dvorak said, the kid could be crowning and you could decide you don't want it. Yeah. Take a bat. You can do whatever you want. You know, it's sad, but that is the state that we live in. And, uh, I brought that story mainly because one, it's an interesting reminder about communicating online what yes. is secure and what is not which is also why i pulled i don't think we talked about this last week because we've talked a lot about stuff like the netflix thing where they're going to start going after i think we mentioned it but i don't think we had the uh i think i've brought that story two or three times yes yes but the new feature that nord vpn just rolled out i think we may have mentioned it in passing that i saw there was something like this but this is something called MeshNet. i don't think we ever discussed it specifically on the show but this, i'm not familiar with it this is something nordvpn just added is and this like your winston this is well no well kind of but not it is okay. a feature that's, that's clear <laughs> right let me try to let me try to confuse this even further it is a feature built in to the app that you're running either on your phone or on your computer whatever you're running NordVPN on the mesh net 
allows you to get a unique name for it. You have to turn this on so it's not on by default, but you can get a unique name or IP address, which is not your home IP address. Nord will give you an IP address that you can set it in your control panel. So you have to go onto your Nord VPN account and say, hey, I own this device and this device. So route this one through this one. Meaning, Ooh, yes. So I, I, this came out like right after Netflix was like, well, we're going to have the one family thing. And if you're coming from multiple IP addresses, fuck you. Well, NordVPN's like, hey, yeah. you know, for like three bucks a month, you could run all of your, you know, you got five kids out there. Just get the gigabit plan like I've got here at home. And all your kids could watch Netflix through your IP at home. Yeah, why not? It seems to be genius I, to me. And, and you know, Netflix, of course, in my opinion, is completely in the wrong with their idea that they want to try to identify users based on IP address and trying to draw the, the dotted line between an IP address and a physical location, which has never been a guarantee on the Internet. But if you want to hear me rant about geolocation, just go tune into almost any other Grumpy Old Ben's episode. <laughs> it's there. I mean, yeah. they're, they're selling this as it's great for file sharing, gaming and work, but it's, it's really good for screwing Netflix, I think. But they say you can host a virtual LAN party. So this is one way, you know, I know most of these systems now for online gaming have a centralized server that gets it up. But I remember back in the day you had to be in the same location. Well, this kind of just does that. It helps you have a virtual network that a bunch of people can connect to. And it all will appear like it's on the same virtual network network. So it's an interesting concept. It'll, I'm like, well, this, of course, they say you could link up to 10 devices of your own and then 50 other devices that are external from other people who have a net, uh, a uh, NordVPN account. So they're kind of pushing this for work groups and stuff like that. I'm like, I think this is obviously going to lower the privacy i would think on the account because you're putting connections together from different devices and all of that but i don't know how much we would have to really get a deep dive into how that is working but the fact that this is a new feature on this i would expect more vpns to be doing this so it's like oh well yeah okay so you got nordvpn on your phone well, you could force all the traffic on your phone then to go to your home desktop before going out. So it could always look and there are, you know, like some of these work from home things like, well, you know, you've got to be at your home IP address because uh, that's what we set up. Well, now this would get around that. You could look like you're at home while you're laying on a beach in Tahiti. Which is really what we prefer. I think. Uh Oh, did we catch him bemrosing? I think we did. I think we caught him bemrosing. I should look now and see if he is still connected. Yes. Now, now muted. Now maybe unmuting. Or maybe the black helicopters are coming. Speaking of virtual networks, mine just dropped completely. This is what I get for making fun of Dvorak and Curry. Oh, see, okay. You just came back. I was like, I, for a minute, I just, I popped up clean feet. I'm like, was he bemrosing? <laughs> no, my network went out. Damn it. Although. I, I I may or may not have taken the opportunity, but no, I had to determine that my You're I had to go downstairs and reset the router. Wow, damn, you were quick. Hardly ever happens. Wow, nice. You were pretty quick oh. then, getting down there, resetting that. Well, I I had to pee. 
while you're running down okay nope the wife's not still working in the basement as you're flying down the stairs relieving yourself like i need to reset the oh, what hey when you gotta go you gotta go hey that's true it's that no worse true. than what the cat does that's true you just need a box but i think this will be interesting to see if there are more of the uh the vpn companies that add this and i said the other thing that is intriguing because i think some of the work from home they tie it to your home ip address like oh if oh. you want to connect to the right and yeah, there's no way that can ever result in lost productivity right i'm like well now you could be on a beach in tahiti and uh you're connecting through your home ip address so you're fine i mean we used to be able to do this without nord just by setting up a home vpn yes well, I mean, for a while, it was fairly easy to do uh, just doing I, remote desktop because then you could just take control of your desktop and actually use that from the remote area, which you still can. It's still a little a little more difficult than most people want to deal with, although I don't know why. But that's just oh, whenever, because I've done when the it setup, for so long. When the setup requires, you know, network configurations, like the moment somebody has to type IP config, right. then you've lost most consumers right because well all the consumer routers when you hook up remote desktop are like nope <laughs> nope nope not gonna do it it's like it's intentionally breaking that connection yeah so you have you to know, go the, into your router and it's a pain the, the moment that they're like go into your router configurations and open a port you've you've lost everybody right do port forwarding and god forbid you have more than one pc you might want to uh remote connect oh. to Although, you know, port forwarding used to be fairly simple. It's I want this port to be forwarded to this computer. That was it. Yeah. And, you know, the the last time that I went into port forwarding on the 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 Xfinity router, which is definitely the newer one, it, it was like it, it it hid all of that there. I finally found it behind a little tiny checkbox that said enable advanced settings in a different page. So I had to go back to a different page, enable advanced settings, come back to this one, find the little drop down that said, you know, create manual, because what it really wanted me to do was find in your drop down the application that you want to forward to the machine. Right. Like, and of no, course, you know, nothing. the application you want is never there because why is Xfinity going to enable something like, uh, you know, a changing your ip address that's right that's why you put in your own control software on the router i like uh ice cube soup i think explained the nord vpn thing really well saying hey we heard you like vpns so we put a vpn inside your vpn oh that's perfect yes explain that to people like well what's this like well it's like a vpn inside of a vpn and then people who have just watched their brains explode people don't understand vpns at all no, like well, most people are like, oh, what's a VPN? Oh, it's a thing that you use so that you can access uh, Netflix, Netflix without, right. you know, from, or it's so that you can get the BBC from a different country or, you know, that's what people know a VPN is. Yeah, it wasn't originally the, the only meant thing for people, that. The only thing people know a VPN for is here's how you get around geoblocks, yeah, which again, insert my perpetual rant about geoblocking. Geolocation sucks. Netflix sucks. It is all the same problem because, uh, believe it or not, piracy up even on Netflix's own products, which explains now that uh, we have finally reached critical mass. And it's something we've bitched about a lot with the streaming services. When it was just Netflix, most people are like, OK, I'll pay for Netflix. 
And then Hulu came around and a lot of people went, okay, I'll pay for Netflix and Hulu. Now there's a few too many. And people are like, well, no, and your overall product Netflix, which used to be the place to go for all of the shows people wanted to watch, like The Office and Friends and all of those down those kind of lines were the ones that people just wanted to binge the comfort kind of things, especially during the pandemic. Well, Netflix had it. Now they don't. So it's like, no, people are going to go away because you're not providing something that they think is worth the money anymore. I, uh, I have a, an admission to make. Uh Oh, you remember how I made a big deal last month about how we were finally done with Netflix and yes. canceling and you canceled and I, those bastards. I thought we had you put them down. Apparently, uh, they sucked my wife back in. There was a new Neil Gaiman series <laughs> that came out this month. Were they like, so they knew this. They're so, like, we, we have- so we were without Netflix for precisely two weeks. And to my shame, um, that's not long I enough to get a free trial. Uh, I, I think I don't know if it was even prorated. You're like, <laughs> right. It's like you've never left. We, yeah, it was like we never left. Is your wife? Unaware? I mean, I didn't log in for two weeks, but then again, I haven't logged in since either. Well, I, think, I still think I'm done, but you're like, but you that's, that's how they get you. That is the it, And it is, it is the most awful underhanded crappy system. Uh, exclusives are a terrible thing. They, they harm the industry. They just screw consumers right in the wallets, but exclusives are how Netflix who made a Netflix original series by created by Neil Gaiman. And I don't remember even what it's called, but um, they are the only place that you can get it. So people will say, well, I absolutely have to watch this series. So I have to get Netflix and I, Look at it and like Neil Gaiman might be the only good thing about it because it's made in 2022, which means it's a woke steaming pile of of racist crap. But the Sandman is the uh, what that is. The Sandman on all 10 episodes of the Sandman now streaming on Netflix. So, I mean, the beauty is so so I'll report back once my wife has watched all 10 episodes as to whether or not we're capable of dropping it again. So, like, probably before the next show, you should be able to watch. uh, I hope so. <laughs> it goes back pretty quick. Let's see. Let's just go to uh, here. Let's see. Sandman. And uh, there you go. Season one. I can have it downloaded within moments. Yeah. See, you know, if I had uh, an effective way to get access to that, I I don't I don't have your your extensive network of of piracy, but I maybe I could convince my wife. Maybe. Like, yeah. Well, it, you know, everything on you know, let's just download Netflix. Everything from Netflix is now on the NAS. <laughs> yes, it's just and just pretend you still have an account. Yeah. I mean I, I can't even I can't even mock up a, a use Windows Forms to mock up a UI. It wouldn't be any worse than the Netflix UI. Right. And I mean really I only use this site for educational purposes. I certainly wouldn't download anything at torrentgalaxy.mx. Certainly would not download no, anything no there. that that sounds like one of those horrible pirate sites that gets shut down by the department of treasury right it should be shut down immediately for what they have on there but if you want to see you know if like your inter- intellectual property is on the site you have to go look so there's there's that yes wait are my intellectual are are they putting grumpy old Ben's up on their site? Because that would be awesome. We should upload How do it. we get on that? <laughs> you upload a torrent and you're like, hey, you got to <laughs> check this out, man. This is the best damn podcast out there that nobody's listening to. 
That well, nobody's donating to. We've True. Got- I mean, we know we have Servo and Ice Cube Soup and Digi Guru and Baron Spud the Mighty all listening right now. Yeah, I think we have fifty-five live listeners. The last time I checked, the I can't program. drive fifty-five, but um, which is way down from what we used to get. And I think we are suffering from the same problem that No Agenda has with the time change. There are time changes. There are day changes. But overall, I still point the finger strongly at the economy. Thanks to crazy old Uncle Joe. Oh, thanks, Joey. You know, I get it. And that's why uh, I mean, we make it into a joke and, you know, and a random thought today I was making because my next episode on random thoughts is number 200. Yeah. So, I mean, those okay. usually generate a little, but I was, it was like you could also just in honor of the root canal upcoming, the 230 donation in honor of the root canal. Let's talk Joey's policies. Oh, OK. That is kind of like a root canal. I mean, you just brought it up. I've got the. The Inflation Reduction Act. This is going to save us, right? No, it's going to fix inflation. Well, not according to the Congressional Budget Office or no, no, or anybody who's read the damn thing and has a clue what they're talking about. OK, here's here's a list of things that the Inflation Reduction Act does. And this isn't even getting into all the IRS agents, which is a source of many, many memes. It will oh, yeah, a lot of IRS it, agents. It is increasing the average corporate tax rate, which, by the way, that'll be passed on to consumers raising inflation. Uh, it is increasing the average personal income tax rate, which uh, with most of those increases going to lower incomes, which will ultimately force pre-tax wages to go up, which raises inflation. Um, it's uh, did I, I don't remember. There was an amendment. I don't know if it got in uh, the carbon tax offset on uh, raw goods. Did you see that one? No, I did not. Oh, the, there was a plan. I don't know if it ended up in the final bill to. uh only tax the ingredients that go into manufacturing so as to not tax things that consumers would get. So it'd be things like, uh, you know, raw steel, raw glass. They were just going to raise taxes on every input to manufacturing, which then makes them more expensive, which makes goods more expensive, which raises inflation. And then, of course, the other thing that this act was going to do was print all uh, $700 billion in cash, which just directly raises inflation. So where's the inflation reduction on this bullshit? Nowhere. Okay. Just checking. No, but I, I will say, whoa, what, what cracked? Sound was, another, was it the sound of a tooth cracking? That, that was a cat jumping down. <laughs> like, damn cat, what you doing? There was a cat trying to jump up on the desk and she quickly got pushed right back to the floor. <laughs> rejected this is what noise gates are for what the hell hey sometimes they pick them up sometimes they don't i don't know yeah there were some crunching noises you never know uh but this Mm, is the this is the beautiful thing and uh with the wife having a government job every year beyond your normal raise is a cost of living increase so at this point i'm like (laughs) keep on going up don't matter I, is there anybody in 2022 who has received a cost of living increase that actually reflects the increased cost of living? I think when you work I mean, for the government, be, it does. You're going to have to be getting something like, you know, what, 15% per year now? They, 20? Th- that, that was the rumor that that's about what it's going to be when it hits whatever this hits now. I mean, if you use the official government numbers, I think it's 12%. Which is and, still not bad. 
is a, <laughs> is a is raise. Insane. Yeah. So yeah, a, that's insane for inflation. And you know that if that's the official numbers, then the real number is like 40%. Yeah. That's why you got to save on everything else that you can figure out how to save your money on. You get your internet bill cut by getting a free phone. You, yeah, uh, you, you, you stock up on, on ammunition and move out to the woods off the grid. I would, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, is I, it time to do that yet? Cause we're getting there as long as off the grid has air conditioning. I mean, that's the only thing that, uh, or, you know, the climate has to be nice and cool. Well, which, if, if you can find any woods, trees are natural air conditioning. True. And maybe up in Canada, would Canada be better or would that be worse? I'm not really sure. They have Trudeau. Yeah, I know. That's why it's like, but Biden. Go ask Carolyn and cold acid. Can you imagine <laughs> Trudeau and Biden having a having a fight? I mean, like uh, physical fight. That's interesting because Trudeau is the biggest pussy in the world <laughs> and you feel like a little kid could knock him over. Right. But at the same time, Biden can't walk a flight of steps, so he certainly can't connect a punch. Yeah, I wouldn't think, but it would be entertaining. I, I mean, I would pay-per-view the hell out of that. <laughs> be something to watch. Yeah, it would. That it would. Oh, let's see okay, you know what? I'm tired of talking about the, the the Inflation Reduction Act. It does exactly the opposite of that. And Which I, is we, what we it have, was meant to do. We, we have pushed past the point where I'm willing to give anybody who is, is running Washington, D.C. right now, I'm, I'm past giving them the benefit of the doubt. I, I used to think maybe they really are that stupid and genuinely think that, that doing the opposite of what they say is is somehow like maybe there's some twisted warped leftist logic that no i'm done with that the people who passed this act and forced it through in record time are literally evil and trying to destroy the economy they are trying to destroy the country they are trying to crash the economy they are trying to push us into hyperinflation the reason why i have no idea possibly so that everybody suddenly becomes completely a ward of the government and we end up with backdoor socialism because, you know, two years from now, when everybody's had a, a taste of poverty forced on us by people who are quite intentionally passing bullshit acts intended to make the economy collapse on itself, then they can come through and say universal basic income and instant communism. Well, let's not I, I don't forget, know. though. That, I don't know why they're doing it. But well, I am past the point of believing they're doing it by accident. This is intentional. The people destroying this country are doing it intentionally. Well, yeah. And let's understand if having a job with your local village here has a guaranteed cost of living increase in the wages. So does every government job, which means yeah. they don't care. Which, if by the way, comes out up. of your taxes. Yeah. Which means everybody else pays for the government workers. So the only real winning move is go work for the government. It's a good thing. They're going to have all those new IRS agents with, yeah. you know, more ammunition than you have. Well, and those IRS agents, I hate to, uh, you know, I hate to be revealing this, but they're going to be coming after people making a lot less money than 400,000 a year. They're going to be coming after people below the poverty line, which is going to be about 140 after enough Biden inflation. Well, that was one of the, uh, the breakdowns of all this stuff Biden has done. And the biggest hit people were the poorest, which is kind of hilarious because for years and years, including under Donald Trump, if you made under, 
a certain amount, and I don't know exactly what it was, but you paid zero in federal income tax. The fact that Biden's now going after even them, well, he's not because his brain is Ovaltine, but the people around him are going after those people. It's like, well, you get what you deserve. You really do. Yeah, but why should I get what they deserve? Right. That's my problem. Revolution. I am all for the leftards who keep voting Democrat automatically because they don't know any better and have no clue going ahead and getting what they deserve. But why should I keep getting what they deserve? Why must I suffer under the Inslee regime just because everybody else around me deserves it? That's a good question. You need to vote with your feet and get out of town. I know. Take up arms. stuck here. The economy right. is collapsing around me. Well, that's it. That's the other issue of this. This is stopping a lot of the mass exodus, which has been happening in California, New York, and Illinois. Illinois has been the worst the last few months as far as the most people moving out. But this um, is going to change that because housing was really hot. And now all of a sudden it's like, ooh, yeah, crashing. If I'm you- also about $30,000 in deferred repairs to this house. Was, I don't have $30,000. Do you have uh, a match? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think there's no way I would get enough on that. That wood stove could accidentally throw out a little ember. Yeah, my place, uh, my place when I bought it, I think I bought it for about 200 And uh, now the, let's see. The insurance company values it at about three fifty. The county values it at about four fifty, and my real estate agent swears I could get six fifty for it. But you like prove then it. Subtract deferred maintenance, and we're back down. I I don't think the numbers work out. So at this point, I basically got to go get a home loan in order to repair the thing up to the point where I could even sell it. And and of course. I, and here's the irony. I'm still getting the spam text messages all the damn time from people saying, oh, I was just in your neighborhood and happened to see yours place at, at you know, 6100 to blah. And how do you feel about selling? We'll buy it as is. And of course, they're going to pay, you know, 150 for it. <laughs> we have cash. Yeah, they always say we have cash. <laughs> like here, here's a fiver. Yeah, Can we have your place. You got 45 bucks. The homeless are moving in tomorrow. Yeah. I, and and my stock response, if I ever responded to those messages, was always, uh, yeah, uh, the current price is nine fifty as is, and it goes up by 25000 every time that I get one of these text messages. This is why you need a blocking app on your phone. I have one. It's called I Keep My Phone Off. <laughs> that is the ultimate blocking app. Nothing gets in. Nothing gets out. Okay, I've got a bitch about the Treasury. Um, of the United States or uh, sure. of, your, of your local county? Uh, in, this uh, case, the, in this case, this was a move by the U.S. Treasury in concert with some captured corporations. Uh, well, one in particular. And uh, this story originally I spotted uh, yesterday on No Agenda Social, and it's, it's gaining legs. Um, are you familiar with an, a crypto app called Tornado Cash? No, but uh, I'm guessing it has something to do with uh, a Bitcoin mixer. It is. It's it's a Bitcoin mixer plus plus. Um, it uh, first of all, uh, you know, Bitcoin mixer. Uh, this one actually sits on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, but a mixer.
scrambles the funds and transactions of multiple users on the blockchain for the purpose of increasing anonymity. It makes it so that if you want to make a transaction, then your transaction is mixed with a whole bunch of other people's transactions and then all get dumped into a block on there such that the idea is to defeat the people who download the blockchain and do analysis on it to find out where your money goes. Um, Tornado actually stepped that up because uh, what it does is it creates a, uh, when you, when you submit a transaction, it creates a smart contract secured with a zero knowledge proof. And I wasn't able to dig too deeply on the technical details of what that means, but the, everything that I read, including from people who very much seemed to know what they were talking about, suggested that what this does is it creates uh, real anonymity. In fact, once the transaction has been finished and the funds have been withdrawn, there is no on-chain connection whatsoever between the submitter and the uh, the withdrawer of, of the funds. So, Which was kind of what everybody wanted out of crypto. Yes. And something that Bitcoin itself did not deliver because all transactions that have ever been done on the chain are there permanently. And, and accounts are pseudonymous, pseudonymous, where you can, you can choose to not associate your name with your number, but that those funds and everything that's ever happened to an account, uh, to a wallet is permanently associated with that number. And all yeah. they have to do is find one clue somewhere that connects that number to your name. And now they've got everything you've ever done on the chain, which is why Bitcoin mixers are being gone after. Yes. So, uh, tornado cash, uh, I, I dug up on how it actually works and it is a mixer. Uh, when you deposit funds, the protocol will create a smart contract with a random key to withdraw the funds. You enter that key from any other wallet. And they will, it will make the transition and there's no connection on chain between the two. Um, the, by the way, they recommend that you wait at least five transactions between the deposit and the withdrawal just to make it so that they can't track it by going, huh, this much was, was put in here and the next transaction is the same amount pulled out. I wonder if there's a connection. Right. But, um, to make it further secure, the founders of the tornado cash app open sourced their app. Uh, open sourced all of their product and relinquished control of it. Um, it is at this point fully decentralized, fully non-custodial, fully open source. And even the protocol is determined by people who um, you, you get to vote on protocol changes based on how many anonymity tokens you have with, with the, which is just a, 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 a so the more cash you have into this, the, then you actually get a vote. I think you get anonymity tokens by interacting with the protocol, whatever that means. That they, they said by interacting with the protocol. Regardless, what it means is that they don't even track down who is contributing to the protocol, who is doing this. The original creators have given up the whole thing and said, here's the source code. Go. Well, the U.S. Treasury, which has a, a group called the Office of Foreign Assets Control, because it's all about control, isn't it? Well, yeah. Um, they say that the Tornado app has been used to launder over $7 billion worth of crypto coin, uh, Ethereum, I guess. Um, they list in their, the, uh, the U.S. Treasury put out a press release saying, look how cool we are that we did this. 
Um, they list several high profile heists that they say were laundered using the app. So the U S treasury is calling out problems that are being the money laundering that is being done by users of this app, not, not by, not by developers, not by a company in control of the app, um, by users of the app are using it to launder money. And so the U S treasury has decided to add the app to their SDN list, which is specially designated nationals and blocked persons list. Uh, I don't know why it's not SDNABP, but <laughs> well, that would be too until, easy. Until now, that list pretty much always included very specific individuals, companies, or organizations, uh, and only included people that were committing crimes, uh, allegedly, because it's there's no judge involved. It's just some bureaucrat at the Treasury decides to add this. This is this is fully extra legal, by the way. Already, there's no no due process. You just get added to the list, and all of your assets are fucked. Um, the problem, of course, is that there's no company at this point who controls tornado. There's nobody who controls it at all. It's decentralized. It's open source. Um, so they added the tornado cash system to their list, um, of things that you are not allowed to use in the U S anymore. Um, because uh, by the way, the, North Korea uses it. Yeah, that that's one of the reasons. Uh, by the way, other things that other bits of software that have been put on this list: Blender.io, uh, the Pegasus malware that made a lot of of uh, news last year, um, DJI, which is a Chinese drone manufacturer, and Kaspersky Labs. Oh, um, this this is the list that was used to effectively ban Kaspersky from everything in the U.S. Because they're Russian and they must be bad. Is that? So I think that that may have been the rationale. This was also during for years. This this was back when remember the the Kaspersky labs got added to this list back when uh, Russia was the enemy because they were colluding with Donald Trump to uh, take over the presidency, which is a little weird when the sitting president wants to take over the presidency. But let's not get into that. Um, So according to the press release. Despite public assurances otherwise, Tornado Cash has repeatedly failed to impose effective controls designed to stop it from laundering funds for malicious cyber actors on a regular basis and without basic measures to address its risks. Um, right there, Tornado Cash has repeatedly failed. It's a decentralized open source project. It doesn't have a brain. Yeah. Right, it's just doing its thing, which I'm not even sure. It's a tool. Yeah, it's like it's like hammers have repeatedly failed to not be bashed into the skull of people that attack them with it. So and I'm, rather than go after the people who are wielding the hammer and hitting people with them, they decided that they're going to ban all hammers. That's what's going on here. Well, yeah, this is the kind of stuff we've talked about where you're going after guns rather than dealing with the people that are committing crimes with guns. Yeah. Because it's hard to find the actual criminals. So let's just take the tools away from, uh, you know, and what, who cares what legitimate use there could be? You know, granted with these, it is just strictly to anonymize, which is not inherently illegal. Oh, there's a lot of legitimate uses for this. You know, it's, I've always thought these things were interesting because obviously this is a bunch of 
users, a bunch of wallet addresses that somehow get connected in. And rather than having a transaction go from point A to point B, it's kind of like bouncing a computer signal through a bunch of different servers before it gets to the final point to make it harder to track. So people can't say, oh, well, we know who sent this out. This adds a lot of questions to, well, yeah. we don't know who put this money in because it's coming out of the of this mixer. And of course, the mixer takes a percentage in order to do it. So it's not like certainly you put $100 in, you get 100 out. No, you're probably getting like 95 out. Or, or 65 right. depending on gas fees. <laughs> yes. You know, so it's an interesting concept. I don't see where it should be outright illegal, but I think this is just showing that for I mean, the cryptos just, just they don't clear, control are going to be illegal. Just to be clear, not illegal. It is, there's no law being passed. This is not going through Congress. This is not going through any a legitimate lawmaking body. There's a bureaucrat adding them to a list of people you want to screw economically with absolutely no legal recourse in violation of the sixth amendment that and fifth amendment that require due process. But I not going to win that argument against the federal government right now, but yeah, they're it's all about control. It is all about, they don't there. The, the federal government has been waging a war on anonymity. And this is why decentralized services are so dangerous to them because they they don't want you know the the requiring you know requiring everybody to use their real name with everything uh, attaching names and addresses and even biometrics to every account you have online these are things that they want backdoors into all encryption it's because anonymity is the the, the publicly stated reason is well criminals use anonymity well you Think know well, who children. else uses you know who else uses anonymity is freedom fighters the kind of people who might be a threat to the kind of things that the government wants to do to the public. Well, the so, government definitely doesn't want money, especially, I mean, probably not even any kind of uh, communications, but they certainly don't want money to be able to go from point A to no. point B without them knowing who sent it to whom. If, if they can't control your money, then you might be able to interact with other human beings without the government being able to filter or censor it. Yeah. And this that, is the that's unacceptable. And these have been around for years in various forms. The uh, these mixing services because of the fact that Bitcoin is not anonymous. Your transactions are on the blockchain. So this is only trying to make it harder to find that connection, which I think is a good thing. But of course, the government thinks it's bad. But it's these kind of things, these mixing systems and the fact that it could be hard to decipher who sent funds and who got funds this is exactly why i have a very bad feeling that this government and as other governments around the world are just going to outlaw the cryptocurrencies entirely and be like well hey we have biden coin and that's the only thing you can use and we control it all is that the u.s dollar probably biden coin isn't that sad <laughs> Although, can you well, imagine the picture of Joe Biden? Actually, no, no, because they want no, because the U.S. dollar has the unfortunate side effect that you can actually trade dollars, at least if you have physical ones, so far without the government being involved. But how long? I mean, we talked about that so, in episode I think one. They're going the to ban all physical, yeah, physical money, and you're just going to go to a stable coin that's pegged to the hyperinflationary dollar. And there will be nothing that you can do stable. about that. 
if that comes down well, to no. it. No, what you can do is we go back to a barter system and then we come up with ways of exchanging goods and services and participating in an economy that the government isn't involved in. Guns but and ammo, that's baby. Gonna, that's going to take a lot of effort. Well, However, I remember when the government, I mean, this is good. This is where we're moving back into this kind of a, uh, in this kind of a, uh, um, th- this climate that I guess you would say. I remember years ago when there were a bunch of barter groups. I mean, I know the guy I worked for at the carpet store. People had these barter groups and it's like, hey, well, we're a carpet store and you're a, uh, you know, you're a restaurant. Well, you know, you need carpet for your restaurant and we need uh, food to give our employees as a bonus and let's work out a deal. And that's how humans engaged in commerce for the vast majority of human history. The only thing is it's been frowned on in the last hundred years or so because it's hard to tax. Right. Well, that's it. That was the crackdown is because you still have to pay the tax on whatever is going on. No, no, they want to steal the tax. You don't have to pay unless you well, unless, <laughs> unless you you're afraid of going to jail. This is or getting uh, shot. This, this and all the IRS agents. This is armed robbery. Don't don't think about it as oh, you have to pay taxes. No, think about it as uh, the U.S. government are are you know because they now have more ammunition than you do because they're printing money in order to fund it. And what is, was the number? It what? is an armed gang roving around and extorting money from the public who are barely getting by as they are. And it was what eighty thousand new IRS agents? Was that the number? Yeah, that that's the number bouncing around, like eighty-seven thousand or something. Yeah. And how much do the IRS agents get paid a year? I'm betting you it's close to a hundred thousand a year or something crazy like, like that. They're probably going to get paid in ammunition. Oh well, there you go. But just think about how much I, money they have to raise you know, just to when, pay 87,000 new people. When you say 100,000 a year, these days you have to specify which year before you know how much money that is. That's true. It's Cause, changing cause drastically. In, in, in 2015, 100,000 a year was pretty good. In 2022, 100,000 a year is subsistence level. And 100,000 a year is going to be, you know, the cost of a Netflix subscription in, in five years. I mean, let's just say they're paying these people 75,000 a year coming in the door times 87,000 people that is oh my god that's a big number 100 100 million 6.5 billion oh oh yeah okay well that that's additional salaries fortunately (laughs) all of that money is free you just get it for free from inflation yeah because if you take uh, 75,000 and multiply that by 87,000 that's yeah that's the number wow so the the tornado story continues yes yes uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to finish reading the quote from the, the Treasury press release says, uh, because this is a warning, by the way, Treasury will continue to aggressively pursue actions against mixers that launder virtual money for criminals and those who assist them. As today's action demonstrates, mixers should in general be considered as high risk by virtual currency firms, which should only process transactions if they have appropriate controls in place to prevent mixers from being used to launder illicit proceeds. This is a warning to everybody who processes Bitcoin that if you use mixers, we're coming after you. They really don't want anonymous transactions anywhere. Because they see that as illegal straight on down the line, no matter what the reasoning for it may be. Yes, they don't believe that there are legitimate reasons to go anonymous. And by the way, that attitude right there, that is the legitimate reason to want to be anonymous. 
Well, because you going have after VPN, same reason, because you have authoritarian cockbags who are unelected <laughs> bureaucrats who just want to come in and steal your money and shut you down and take take away everything you've got and control you and shut up slave. You're going in a deep, dark hole because you said the wrong thing and you don't trust your government. And boy, if there's a reason not to trust the government, it's because they're doing that. I don't see any other title for the show, but authoritarian cockbags now. So, uh, I mean, that part of the show is done. I mean, that really, that has to be. There's, there's no, there's been no competition. I normally just make something up at that. No, that I've never heard that uh, phrase before. It's, it's, it's a Bemrosism. It's a, so, as of today, <laughs> tornado.cash is no more they oh, they dude, killed the use domain tornado now how do i how do i mix my shit um well they, they don't worry it's open source and <laughs> there will be there will be clones popping up forks popping up all over the place you can be certain of that however they did anticipate this uh because the same day in fact within hours of the announcement from treasury going out so you know they worked with microsoft ahead of time GitHub has deleted all of the source code from the official repository. They have deleted the account of the author of the repository. They have shut down or locked the accounts of anybody who ever contributed to the repo or forked the repo. They have wow. deleted all of the forks. GitHub has gone authoritarian cockbag about this. And I don't know if they're being coerced, but it's Microsoft. I don't, I think they have enough lawyers. They could have pushed back. No, Microsoft has decided that because an unelected bureaucrat in the treasury department decided that anonymous cash is bad. Microsoft, like a good little authoritarian slave has come out and said, okay, we're just going to trample on the open source project because Oh, you think that it open source, you think that means that anybody has access to it, but we have the keys to the database. And so, well, the fact that yeah. they're going after people that just sent in additions, I mean, just because you are working on the software does not mean you're doing anything, but Hey, this is a proof of concept. I think we could do this. This is cool. Yeah. Or you, you forked the account you get your account frozen because you forked the wrong thing. That's a huge chilling effect on any use of GitHub. You got to be careful suddenly, who you fork. Yeah, suddenly I don't feel so good about using GitHub anymore. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so they've also frozen the accounts of uh, they've in they've frozen the accounts of any crypto that has been withdrawn from Tornado and put into a regular bank account. That's been frozen. Um, so they are they are actually freezing bank accounts. If if you took money from Tornado and, you know, when it, uh, which, by the way, oh, that this was another just side story. Um, some anonymous troll, no way of knowing who, has started uh, using a Tornado or a, a crypto mixers to send like $10 each to high profile celebrities. <laughs> They're going to jail, man. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. I also Guilty looked at by a association, bit. yeah. Um, a, a, there was a, I don't know who they are, someone called Coin Center who actually did a legal analysis on this one. And I just wanted to, to bring up, because of course this is unconstitutional. For the most part of it came out of the Biden administration. You can, it's safe to assume it's probably unconstitutional. 
Um, the uh, they say that Treasury's action constitutes prior restraint on speech, and therefore violates the First Amendment. Why do we call it speech? Well, here's a fun bit of irony. Um, there's a lot of people on both sides of the political aisle who very much malign the uh, the dis- Supreme Court decision, Citizens United versus FEC, which was the decision which determined that money constitutes speech. And therefore, if you prevent somebody from giving money to someone else, that is a priori a violation of the First Amendment, according to the Citizens United decision. Um, I happen to be one of the people who's uh, who thinks that that's a really weird and kind of problematic decision. But in this case, because of that decision, um, Creating a prior restraint on somebody's money necessarily violates the First Amendment if this goes to court. And from the Coin Center legal analysis, while limitations on speech are often constitutional when applied after the fact, e.g. defamatory speech can be penalized, prior restraints on speech are always unconstitutional. OFAC sanctions, unlike a defamation claim, operate as a regime of strict liability, meaning that no prosecutor or judge needs to make any public showing of fact to add a name to the sanctioned persons list, and transactions with anyone on that list are banned. A, are banned. a prior restraint, ir- irrespective of the specific details of any particular transaction or the motivation of the transacting person. So, this is that's a legal way of saying exactly what you said, which is. Uh, it doesn't matter to Treasury what use you could have, why you're using the mixer, uh, what your motivations are, whether or not you're a terrorist or just a, a journalist trying to, you know, keep a whistleblower safe or whatever. Um, or maybe you're a nice guy who wants to donate to somebody and not have them know yeah. who did it. Or maybe you're a curious programmer who forked the wrong thing on GitHub. Yeah, that'll do it. Well, there's. No due process. There's just uh, a bureaucrat putting somebody on a list and then the wheels of bureaucracy churning. And the result is your GitHub account gets shut down. And if you happen to be running any other GitHub projects, oh, well, yeah, those are just uh, casualties of war. Yeah, you just want to separate your GitHub accounts, I guess, for your crypto and your non-crypto well, actually, every year, what you should probably have a new account for everything you upload, just so when it gets taken yeah, on, down on services that aren't GitHub, maybe. Yeah, that may not like, be a bad idea. And and if ever there is a reason why decentralized services are critical for the further functioning of any kind of any semblance of freedom, you need only look at GitHub right here. It's a centralized service. Somebody has the keys to the database, and the Treasury Department went to them and said. Do my bidding. And now GitHub is shutting down people's accounts. You know what? If you're hosting that Git repository on your own server, they can't shut it down. Well, they can come after you. They can put you on a list. They can come after who who did it. But it costs them exponentially more when it's 10,000 servers instead of just going to Microsoft and saying, you know, please, sir, you can have another. Yeah. Take these guys down. Thanks. So oh, they probably have the control too. I mean, you know what? They probably don't even have to go to Microsoft. They probably have the button. Yeah, already. They might just have the button in. in yeah. Uh-huh. So if ever there was an argument for decentralizing everything. Uh, okay. You know what? 
Over the last five years, there have been a lot of arguments for decentralizing everything, and every single one of them comes from one central authority getting some kind of stick up their butt about, well, this is wrong, and therefore I'm going to stomp on someone's rights, and they have the ability to do it because they control the physical server where the database is, and they can twiddle some bits in the database, and your Twitter account is gone. You've lost your free speech. Your Facebook is banned for 30 days. Your digital library that you spent thousands of dollars on is erased. Your GitHub account and all of your open source projects are now inaccessible and shut down. This is the world we live in. A bunch of people who were never elected anything, no due process. They can just shut down everything you're doing. Soon they'll be able to turn off your money if you say the wrong thing. We need decentralized services. We need we need more freedom. Okay, I need to stop ranting. Boobery coming in with 9,999 sats with the message, ha, 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 Mastodon Shredder go brr. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, that's very and wise, Boobery. Mastodon, Mastodon, the Fediverse, that is an example of decentralized because if somebody wants to shut down, they can't just go to the Mastodon company and say, turn off the service. They would have to go to thousands of individual servers and convince each one of them or seize their property. That is, at the very least, thousands of warrants. Yeah, that was about an hour ago. So Burberry was reading ahead. Oh. I, don't, I don't know how he did that. You he's, might want to listen to that. Uh, he's just he, that good. That behind the or, scheme show. Yeah. Or I might have ranted about this topic to him last night. It, well, see, that's more. <laughs> see, why are you ruining the magic, man? Because this this pissed me off. <laughs> Joel W. gave a, a few different boostergrams over the last year. I like this concept, small boostergrams, but giving feedback on like all the stuff we talked about just with little messages coming back. As long as they're attached to sats. I mean, that's a great idea. Uh, one, I'm actually shocked that Adam Curry thinks he has COVID considering he knows the issues with testing. I think he just knew he was sick because he didn't actually get tested. So that's a little different. I uh, said, glad you hear y'all realize that truth social is nothing but a data gathering grift yeah yeah we figured that one out even though it's you know donald trump's guys i don't trust any of these i I might be more worried about the far right when they come out with their little stuff like sign up here give us your information you know (laughs) that's like um i might vote for you but i don't know if i want to be on your list yeah there's there's plenty of morons on the right too uh-huh you know, talked about china and he talking about that uh, always sunny in philadelphia did an episode about rv shanty towns setting up in front of a bar years ago guess they were onto something is that still uh that's still going on in your area there in seattle oh, hell yeah you got an we have, rv we there's actually an rv parked about a block and a half up right now that's been there for three days and they just said I, hey, I can't do nothing about it well, I don't, I, what I need to do is go over and knock on the door of my neighbor who is, has that house because I did something really weird that most people don't understand or, or would never even think to do, which you is that when I moved in, I, I, I decided I made a point to meet many of my neighbors. Oh God. Why? Well, because some of them are friendly and genuinely nice people. And also because we have in fact, uh, deterred crime in this neighborhood by giving people phone calls when uh suspicious things go on that the is fact a plus. that this rb has been in front of her house and she's she's one of the people who calls us when there's suspicious people about and this rv has been in front of her house so i'm 
60% confident that she knows who's in it. And so I probably don't want to call the cops. Right. If she calls you when she sees suspicious people. So that means when Bemlet comes over, she's like, Ew. yeah, I like every time I go for a walk, she's calling me like, Hey, there's this dude, in a, looking dude. this dude in a Hawaiian Aloha shirt walking around. Yeah, I can see that. Like that's definitely very suspicious, but you, if you know what your neighbors are doing, it is helpful. Like we had the neighbor across the street, I guess went on vacation because I mean, we didn't know, but the one day the village or somebody came around with a notification that was on a bright orange card that they put on everybody's door. And I noticed like a week and a half later, it was still there. And it's like, oh, so you must not be home. That's really a a bad sign. If somebody was uh, casing homes, I mean, I've heard stories of, you know, the people doing this just to case the home. I mean, you make up a fake company like, hey, we do windows and you walk door to door and you put something on the door. And if it's still there a day or two later, you know, those people probably aren't home. Well, there's there's about five of us on the street. We kind of sort of put together and I'm not nearly as directly involved, but uh, my wife certainly is involved in this. Uh, we kind of put together a, an impromptu neighborhood watch and and being the house on the hill where I can see down onto the whole neighborhood from here. Well, you get the uh, best shot from there, too. Oh, well, if I ever decided to snap and go sniper tower, um, <laughs> if. I've, I've got it. But uh, we also can see a lot going on in the neighborhood. So my wife is really big on on keeping them informed. The reason that we uh, that we formed this was because um, one of my neighbors. Uh, just up the street went on vacation and and nobody tells anyone anything normally. So didn't tell anyone didn't, we didn't have anything set up. So didn't, didn't inform the neighbors. Hey, I'm out of town. Went on vacation for a couple weeks. We had no idea that she was gone. We didn't know, you know, we did, it didn't matter. And one day we see that a moving truck has backed up to the house. And we see over the course of the whole day, movers, moving almost everything out of the house. No. Ouch. And then they drove the truck away. That's one. Thing and she comes back from do. vacation and her house has been robbed where they literally just backed up the truck to the front of the house, broke in, moved all of her stuff out of into the moving truck and drove off with it. That is ballsy. That's knowing they're not going to be home though. Yeah, that, that happened. And you know what? That can't happen now, at least with those of us who inform each other, Hey, I'm going to be out of town for the next week. Right. If a moving truck happens to show up, can you please call the cops? Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know if calling the cops them, will help. It took no. them five or six hours to do all the moving, but they knew they were out of town, so it didn't matter. Wow. That is ballsy. I'll give them and that. And I remember, like, I still remember the truck, but what can you do about it? Right. I'm sure it was a rental truck, you know, so yeah. it's very hard to, you know, to put two and two together on that one, unless you got a license plate or something, which nobody does. They probably drove it from three states over probably before gas was $18 a gallon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gas was affordable and you could you could come from three states over without having to pawn half of your haul. Yeah. It was a beautiful world back then. But not now. Not now, Joey. Not now. Uncle Joe does not like you. Don't. Friends who really like friends do not let them vote for Uncle Joe. That's all I've got to say are you in an iron lung all of a sudden (laughs) no i was having some coffee he's like i'm at the end of my coffee which means we're probably at the end of the show yeah that that was the end of my coffee cup you're like i need more 
Yeah. I need more, more, more. I need some more black tea. I've been drinking the PG tips, iced tea. Just throw five bags in. Yes. And, and magically, it just brews. In the midnight hour. She, she wants, wants more, 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 more. more. Well, if you all want more, you need to come back next week on Wednesday. And I mean, really, support the show. Grumpyoldbens.com slash donate. Boost. Boostagram. You can go PayPal. You can go Patreon. Find a way to make the value flow. That sounded dirty. I like it. Until next week, though, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America where the tooth stayed in for another two hours. That's winning. And from America's left coast, where decentralized dentistry is the future, I'm Ryan Bemmer. That is scary. Be home.